You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hello, one and all. It's 151 episodes into this podcast and only 1 million more to go. That's right. We are going to never stop until we reach 1,151,000 episodes. I don't know if I'll be dead then or not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not living through 100 uh, million weeks. Hmm. You know, that's good. Let me think about this. If I if I live through the... Hold on, let me let me get out the calculator. Man, this is, this is kind of sad. I'm letting you know I did the math. And if I continue doing the podcast for the rest of my life, if I live to the average age of a man in the U.S., I'm sad to tell you that you only have 2,236 more episodes to listen to. I'm sorry. This is just, I hate to tell you this way, but that's, that's it. So we are nearly one person. What did I say? 200. I forgot. I already forgot the number I just gave you. Oh my 2000. Okay. 2000. So we are somewhat, coming up on 10% of the number of, you know, I'm dropping this right now. I don't know. Math is hard. So what we're talking about tonight, we are talking about this, (laughs) hold on. I got to stay positive. This fantastic bookmark Games Workshop is trying to, no, I'm sorry. This fantastic bookmark Games Workshop is giving you the privilege of buying and it's Gaunt's Ghost and it is just spectacular. And you'll have to listen to the want that or want that not section to hear my review of that. And I am, oh, uh, it's building up inside me. But no, I'm going to stay positive. I will. I am going to be positive. We also have a letter from our good friend Grendel, who is a cryptech in the Spydrek Legion of the uh, Pimpcron Empire of the Patreon. And he's asking what army he should bring to Shorehammer this year, and I tell him. I tell him to his face. It wasn't actually to his face, but you get the point. And we also have a real talk where adding civilians to your games is actually really cool and adds some narrative flair. I would also like to remind you that I have a new YouTube channel, Pimcron TV, on YouTube, and I'm doing... Currently, it's twice-a-week sketches. Um, I would... I was actually planning to do once a week sketches, but time is not going by fast enough. And I'm so darn excited about these skits and my children are running around down the hallway. If you hear thumping and clanging, they are not currently chained in the cellar. Not, not right. I mean, they're not right now. They're not chained in the cellar. Who am I kidding? I don't even have a cellar. The point is lots of things we're talking about tonight. So, and that quickly, I was derailed in my thought process. But the point is, is I think these skits are pretty darn funny. And I would love it if you would watch them, like them, share them, blah, blah, blah. Because the interaction makes more people get it suggested to them. And I'm trying to build this this channel. So I am not going to stop doing the podcast. So don't worry about that. You're still going to hear my oh luscious voice every single week. And <laughs> I'm so freaking weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just tickled myself just that was 
That's why you listen to this podcast, because I am stupid. Anyway, what have I been up to? Um, You know, I don't even remember this week. I have no recollection. Oh, I played Brutality at the club with Connor and Matt, played through some more narrative missions, playtested them, and... Um, I don't, dude, every single day is like a blur of sameness for me right now. So, uh, worked a lot and sweating is kind of like, cause it's July and I work outside. Sweating is kind of like a, a second hobby for me. I've been doing a lot of my hobby time on sweating, just, just leaking fluid out of my pores, trying to get that to evaporate and cool my skin keep my body temperature down. That's kind of what I've been into lately. I did start working on the Tomb Kings Codex just for an hour or two last night, and um, I think I'm almost done with it. I honestly, I think I want to go print it out and start playing with it. Um, In the same spirit of that, I started painting some Ushabti that I bought on Etsy that were resin printed, and they're beautiful. So I'm, I'm doing that. And... That's about it. Um, so, I guess that's it. Let's get on with the show, and... Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. On this segment that we call the Tesseract mailbox, we have an email from our old friend Grendel. And... What does he have to say? This was at Pimpcron with a second P, Pimpcron at gmail.com, or there is Facebook.com slash Pimcron with only one P. He writes, Hello, oh benevolent one. So, we are under six months until the most important convention of the year, Shorehammer. I bought my ticket and signed up for the Highlander, but I am faced with a very difficult decision. What army should I bring? I could bring my orcs, but I've brought them to the last two Shorehammer, I'm sorry, Shorehammer Thunderclap I have attended. They are a go-to army for me, but maybe I am in a rut. They have, they will have a bunch of new stuff with the Beast Snaga and the f- Toughness 5 boys, but will that be enough to win the belt? I could bring my sisters a battle, their new codex is pretty good, and those new baby dreadnoughts are not bad. It is a much smaller army and easier to transport. The downside is that since the new line came out, they are not as special as they once were. Will I just be one of the many Space Nun armies in the tournament? I could go with the Big Bad Necrons. They are the Big Bad for this edition. I don't think they're as tough as they should be, but they do have some punch. It might be cool to try the Undying Legions in the tournament. My one concern is they will be too slow to nab most objectives. If I want some faster units, maybe I could try my Admech. The new cavalry units and winged units are pretty fast and have their uses. Backed up by some nice shooting, they could be a good all-around army. My big problem is that I don't get to play them often, so I'm not as intimate with their rules and stratagems. Will my ignorance be my downfall? If prior knowledge is key, then maybe I should go with my Tyranids. I have dedicated whole years to playing them. I have not gotten any updates. They have not gotten any updates since 8th, so I know what they can do. This is a double-edged sword, though, since their rules are a bit dated, and I feel it. I might get steamrolled every game. The rest of the armies are either put in timeout, looking at Eugene Steeler Cult, or are mostly for big battles, Space Marines and Imperial Guard, or are on the chopping block, my poor Tau. So I have already ruled them out. 
So great and knowledgeable leader, which army should I bring? I hope, in your infinite wisdom, you don't use the play-what-you-feel-like route. Which do you think will work best in the Highlander format? Which is the best left at home? I look forward to your guidance, your humble, lowly cryptech, Grendel. And that's the truth. Grendel is a cryptech in the Patreon Legion. So, whew, that is uh, that's a lot to mull over, actually. Okay, so you're right. The orcs are your go-to. I've seen you play orcs time and time again. So, here's my problem. I would suggest you don't bring orcs just to shake things up, right? The problem is, you're completely correct when you say there's going to be a ton of new cool stuff come out for orcs. And even I have found myself super excited after selling my entire orc army. I'm like, ooh, better grab some of them beast nagas. <laughs> and they just released all that other um, leaks of all the new models, like, uh, I don't even know what they're called. But anyway, a bunch of new stuff, including Defcoptus. And I'm like, oh man, I so badly want to play it. So ultimately, yes, the answer is play what you want. But if you're asking for my opinion, me personally, I think I might go with orcs just because of all the new stuff will have me really excited. The problem is, is will you have enough time to paint it? Because they just got leaked now or, uh, or teased and it's July. So then you're going to wait, what, a month or two until they come out and then you got to hurry up and paint them for Shorehammer. Not that models are necessarily required to be painted, but you know, you don't really want to be bringing gray plastic to a tournament. So Ah, uh, that's really tough. That is really tough. Let's let's put orcs on the back burner for a moment. I completely agree with you with Sisters of Battle. I think you're going to be one of a sea of Sisters of Battle players because their new codex is good, and I think you're going to see a lot of people jumping on that bandwagon, and I am actually one of those people. I never owned any Metal Sisters, but when the new line came out, I was like, I gotta grab some of them. Now, I've not yet played with them, but I'm working on them. Necrons. I also agree that Necrons do not feel like they are quite as durable or punchy as they should be to be Necrons. I really do not like the new reanimation protocols, the whole scheme behind that. I kind of wish it was just a feel no pain or something like that, but that's maybe a topic for another time. I personally don't think I'd bring Necrons. And I personally don't think I'd bring Sisters of Battle because you'll be one of one of many. So that leaves us Orcs, Admech, and Tyranids. Okay, um, Tyranids also have a soft spot in my heart. So I would be, and I also know Tyranids very well, just like you said. So I personally would definitely be heavily leaning on Tyranids. But you are right that they have not been updated in a while, and compared to some of the other power creep, they are a little lacking. They still have their gimmicks. Like your, you know, exocrines and, and things like that. But you're right. It's kind of... I don't think if you're trying to win this tournament, you should bring Tyranids. Uh, let's just rule them out right now. Now, Admech. Admech is definitely something I would think about. Because as far as novelty, that's an army you don't usually see. At Shorehammer, anyway. And they do have some new units that are pretty cool. Those um those winged guys and those cavalry can be pretty good. Just James has uh kicked my butt with some of those cavalry guys on horseback or the mechanical horses. So to be honest with you, if you're looking for a rounded army, I think you're right in going with Admech. A, it's not going to be seen super prevalently on the table. B, they are a Swiss army army knife, and you can do a lot of things with them. And C, I think that 
It's one of the armies that you do not claim you've played a ton of times. And maybe this will spur you to paint some new units or something like that. So I think because of the time constraints and having to paint models and all or wanting to paint models, I would not pick orcs. And plus you brought orcs several years anyway. So my final verdict, and you must comply, is that you should bring your admech because I see very little admech on the field and they've got some really cool models and who knows, uh, I haven't really played against their new codex, but hopefully it's pretty good. I mean, I feel like all the codexes have been pretty decent in this edition. So that is my final verdict. I do believe that you should bring your Adeptus Mechanicus and I think you'll have a blast. I'm super excited to see you, Mr. Grendel because you weren't able to make it last year, because I feel like the 2020 year of Shorehammer was kind of like the lost year. We still had it. You know, a lot of the conventions closed and all that. We just had strict health regulations and things like that, and mask mandatory and all that nonsense. But we had like 50% attrition in the tickets sold. So we we sold X amount of tickets, and about 50% of the people showed up. So now, like I said, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, this year was a freaking blast for me. This will go down as this weird little awesome year for me um, because there's a far fewer attendees and I got to play a narrative games every single day of the convention and I was beyond myself. Sometimes I feel like I should just sell the convention of my brother who doesn't play Warhammer at all. And that way I could just be an attendee because... Um, I have set out to make Shorehammer an event I would want to go to, but ironically, I'm too busy running it that I can't go to it. So this year was fantastic. Anyway, um, thank you for writing in, Grendel. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, you know what? You're a great guy. You support me on Patreon, and I greatly appreciate it. You're helping us expand into different things and helped us buy the 3D model of Pimpcron for the YouTube channel and just... Just an all-around great guy. If you ever meet Grendel, he's just all smiles. Smiling all the time. I've never seen him mad. Um, kind of a tall guy. I don't think I'd like to see him mad, to be honest. He's one of those people that you're like, oh, thank God he's always happy. Because he could probably beat the shit out of you. <laughs> anyway. Alright, well, thanks for writing in. And you can reach me at the places I already mentioned. I ain't saying it twice, so don't even think about it. Want that? Or want that not. On this version of Want That or Want That Not, we have Ibram Gaunt's bookmark from Games Workshop. And this is one of the... No. No, Pimpcron. You said you're not going to be negative. No more negativity on this podcast. You promised the people. <sighs> Ibram Gaunt's bookmark. It's an Astra Militarum bookmark. It features iconography of the Tanith First and Only Regiment, and it includes a quote from Ibram Gaunt. Well, that is very interesting. It is $18.50, not just $18, $18.50, and it is capped with a metal topper and it's uh, got a got a it is a bookmark for your books it will hold your place probably very nicely and it 
anybody that's a fan of uh, Gaunt's Ghosts will want this bookmark. <laughs> especially, especially for the for the low low price of eighteen dollars and fifty cents USD. You know, it's this is a very neat looking bookmark with a it comes in a box it comes in a box people it's got a quote you can't you can't just get quotes on stuff like you think you could it's got the uh it's so if you're reading a book if you're reading a book and you're like gee I'm not done with this book yet but I I feel like I should put it down because I have to go to sleep or I have to go eat with both of my hands or something. You know, we've all been there and you're like, gee, if only I could somehow mark this book where I could find where I've been before so that when I can, I come back to this object, I can open it up where I previously was and because the stories inside this book are sequential, so it's kind of like you read the first page and then the second page and the third. So if you forget what number you're on, the, the pages are numbered. When you forget what number you're on, you could just come back and you don't have to remember the number because we're always like, oh my god, I forgot my number. I, I was reading this number of pages and... Uh, now I don't know where I am. I guess I'll start back over, and I can't tell you how many books I have started over because I'll read like twenty-five pages in, and I've got no no way of marking this book. I mean, I don't want to write in the book. That's stupid. And marking it with blood is just dangerous. So I I have never figured out how I could just I could like insert something into the book. I I one time I tried it with a banana and it did not turn out well. It got all slimy and gross and it kind of ruined the pages. And then like I previously mentioned the the book is sequential. So it's like I'm on page 25, right? But then I can't read 25 or 26 because there's banana grease in there. And then I'm like, "Well, man, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that." One time I tried an ant and I was like, "Oh, well, I'll just put this handy ant in these pages and then I closed the book but the problem was is that the the ant was too small to see and it when I smashed it it just smashed flat and then I couldn't I tried to find that ant again and I I never did so then I had to start the book over again and then eventually I got to the part where the ant was and I was like oh this is where I was previously and then a couple pages later, I had to put it down and there was no way to mark it. Because like I said, using blood's just dangerous. You shouldn't do that. So, uh, uh, boy, I wish this bookmark was here. Because a lot of times I find myself wanting to mark my book and I've just got a free $18.50. But, you know, I could have used the bills. I could have just used the money. Why do they buy the stupid... Nope. Why did I buy this bookmark that is so cost-effective and useful when I could have just used the dollar bills? So anyway, guys, don't be like me. You should definitely... you should def If you read things, you should definitely buy this cloth thing with a metal top. With a, I mean, it's got inscription on it. It's got a quote. So, I mean, 
that doesn't come cheap if you if you ask me. Those are those aren't just words on the, well, they are just words on the bookmark, but I mean they're they're quotes from this person. Well, it's not even a person, it's a character, but a person wrote those words for this character and put them on the you know, just buy the bookmark. Just just go ahead and buy the bookmark. It's 1850. You spend that much in taffy a week. I guarantee I guarantee you. You spend 1850 in taffy. You go one week without taffy and boom, you got this fantastic bookmark. And now you don't have banana grease in your books. The days of banana grease in your books are gone with this fantastic authentic bookmark from Gaunt's Ghosts. You should go buy three. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. On today's Tesseract Mailbox. Nope. Want that not? Nope. Real Talk with the Pentcron. Today's Real Talk with the Pentcron. We are adding civilians in your 40k games. Although, admittedly, it also works for Age of Sigmar just fine. Okay? So just get off my back about it. Salutations, Earthlings. Your ever-loving blue-eyed pimp crime is here and well. You know? There is something that has always made me scratch my head in regular 40k games. There are battles fought every day, every minute of every day, every day of every year, in 40k. But civilians are never represented on the battlefield. But the ironic part of this is that many of the races of 40k have killing, eating, effing, or possessing regular people as a high priority. Dark Eldar want slaves and living fleshlights. Tyranids want lunch. Chaos wants either blood, skulls, or playthings in general. Things to slap spikes on. Tal want more citizens for their empire. Necrons just want every living thing to die. By now, I think you probably get what I'm driving at. So, why are our battlefields devoid of any squishy, scared, pea-soaked normies? That's a pretty good question, because civilians could make really good objectives. It isn't really that much of a stretch to say that no matter what army you're using, you could figure out a way to either be the defender of said squishies, or the attacker of them. Even with some armies like demons who would generally, you would think, wouldn't defend anybody, they could either want the citizens for themselves and are thus protecting them to play with later, or you could say that the civilians are their stables full of livestock that are very important to the rituals and they don't want them dead. Yet, anyway. So why would the good guys want to kill civilians? Oh, come on! The Imperium kills people for not properly addressing envelopes and for pulling the tags off their mattresses. They kill people for no reason at all. Warhammer 40k is well known for not really having any quote-unquote good guys, just varying shades of asshattery. It wouldn't take long to come up with a reason for them to kill normal people. In other words, why would you place regular old objective markers when you could place down something that gives a realistic purpose to your game? Objectives are better when they move. Now think about this. One of the greatest things about using regular people's objectives is the idea that they are crapping themselves with fright and may run around just all willy-nilly. How many other games have you played besides 
missions with relics, if that's still a thing, that had moving objectives. In most cases, normal people in 40k may be equally frightened by their side's warriors as much as the enemy warriors. So they wouldn't automatically go towards their quote-unquote defenders because a space marine's pretty terrifying. Either way, no matter how you, you shape it. Personally, when we deal with civilians, we like to place the people objectives in the line in the middle of the map to start with. At the end of each turn, each objective moves 6 inches using the scatter dice or a d10 for point in a direction. Or you could do a... Um, a clock scenario where you roll a d6 and it goes whatever direction, whatever, it doesn't matter. You figure out how they scatter. They are all rolled separately, and if you are using a scatter dice, which a lot of us older gamers do still have, a direct hit means they just stay where they are that turn. The little reticle thing, if you remember that. The only time that they do not randomly move is when they are in base-to-base contact with a non-vehicle unit or with a walker. So as long as that objective isn't being claimed, they're just going to run around. Objectives are better when they aren't just tokens. After spending so much time and effort on your army and terrain, it seems to be a wasted opportunity to just use regular tokens for objectives. That's where civilian models come in. It adds a whole new level of depth to the scene and is a fun hobby project to boot. I usually use Heroclix figures as my civilians because they are already painted, or repaint them if you want, because Heroclix notoriously has some pretty terrible paint jobs, and they are roughly the right size. Now, having said that, Heroclix just increased the size of their scale to like 40 millimeter or something stupid, but you've got a good 20 years of Heroclix that are roughly 28 millimeter, and they've got all sorts of civilian, civilian looking people, so... You, you still got plenty. And they're also practically worthless on the secondary market. So you get lots of them for cheap. There are tons of figures of Heroclix that look like regular people. Even if they really had powers or whatever in the comics. Like, like I don't know, Matt Murdock or whatever. I don't care. If you go to eBay or you have a friend who plays, I'm sure you can find a ton of Heroclix on the cheap. Pro tip. In case you don't already know, the word singles in your search for Heroclix will direct you to auctions where only single models are being sold. Hmm. If you use that same phraseology of singles in a Google search, it will send you to the finest and sexiest adults in your local area. Not to mention, there are exactly three bajillion model companies out there that make normal-looking people miniatures in the 28mm range. Reaper Minis comes to mind immediately as being a big one, but there are tons of them, especially with 3D printing out there. Here's a fun mission for you all. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to place six groups of five people each across the center line of the board, evenly spaced. One team is there to defend them and kill the enemy. The other side is the attacker and wants to kill the civilians for whatever reasons you come up with. An attacker unit can only shoot or assault the civilians as long as the defender unit isn't within 12 inches of that attacker unit. If the defenders are within 12 inches of the attacker, they are too worried about self-defense to kill any innocents. They scatter 6 inches at the end of each game turn with the scatter die, and if you roll a direct hit, they they stay still and gain um, plus 1 to their cover save because they are cowering. They are immune to any sort of psychology or anything like that. They're, I mean, they are still objectives after all. 
and um, we would give them a really crappy stat line, like, um, you know, a five up to hit, that sort of thing, strength three, blah, 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 six up save, usually one wound, toughness three, that sort of thing. And um, despite what you'd think, they would actually be immune to any battle shock or anything like that, because it's just for simplicity's sake. You don't need that whole headache there. Although it could be kind of cool if you had bravery modifiers and you could terrify the the civilians as well. That could be kind of cool, but we never did it. The vic- victory conditions would be that the attacker scores one victory point for each citizen unit they kill by the end of the game. The defender gets two victory points for each citizen unit that survives the game. Do you use civilians in your games? Probably not, but it is a really good idea, and there's tons of ways to make it interesting. And like I said, we're always using just tokens that's like oh here's the here's a button on the ground um, protect this button this is was this was the emperor's button at some point so better save it something like that i don't know i th- i am that's how I'm, that's how i imagine you guys talk <laughs> talk about your objectives anyway but seriously it does add a completely and i love the idea that objectives scatter because that means that oh i'm close to it now oh crap now i'm not that sort of thing and um, it also adds a more narrative aspect because these units are going to be scattered in random directions. So you have no idea which way they're going to scatter. And that's actually pretty cool, too. So, um, But you'd think, oh, they're just going to kill the civilians immediately. Well, no, because if you're within 12 inches of them, you get some well-placed deep strikers. And all of a sudden, you're shutting down units because they can't kill the civilians because you're too close. And it's, trust me, there's a really, really cool vibe to that. And um, if you don't want to do individual models, one thing that I've, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that, that we did this past Shorehammer is we actually used old CDs and scratch them up and use, um, I'm drawing a blank here, uh, mud for drywall. Um, I guess it's like a type of plaster. And um, for plastering seams and corners and stuff and, and drywall covering screw heads. Sorry, had to edit out or yawn. But anyway... Um, we did that and made basically these shards of the Satan, like I guess splinters of the Satan. And they were, we bought zombie models and painted them like energy. And uh, you could also make units of civilians that are just on CDs, which are vaguely six inches across. I don't think they are maybe five inches. I don't know. But the point is, is that then you don't have to worry about all these different people. They're just a squad with like, you treat them like a vehicle. They've got one toughness, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it is, trust me, it is very fun. You should grab some Heroclix or some 3D printed models and go do them. And if you are a Brutality player, you will know that I actually have a mission very similar to this in the Brutality rulebook. And it's really fun because you are trying to attack this town and kill the civilians and the other team is trying to not let you. The difference is, is we put a bunch of individual civilians down and they scatter D10 inches each turn, which is a lot of fun. So... Anywho, thank you for listening to the show. I greatly appreciate it, and thank you to all of my Patreon patrons for supporting the show. I couldn't do it without you guys, because the hosting alone is quite a bit of money each year to keep all these episodes up. So, if you enjoy the podcast, you should thank somebody that supports the show for keeping the doors open as far as all of 151 episodes so far. And they are all still listenable now. So thank a Patreon patron and also GameMat.eu 
throw some shekels their way as soon as you can. And uh, event 10 is our code to get 10% off. So you should use that as well. And they also support the show. I love Game Mad EU. Anyway, hey, hey, don't forget. Go to YouTube and check out PimCron TV. And we are putting out... Currently, it's it's twice a week skits of Warhammer. And I think they're pretty clever. Uh, you might disagree, but you should at least go take a look at them and like them, share them, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that's it. So I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening.